Thank you for tuning into A Spirit-Led Life with HMI. We hope you enjoyed today's session with Pastor Dion Hockey. Good day and welcome to Healing Ministries International. I'm Stephen Hockey and I am so excited to share the Word of God with you again today as we continue the series of The Wilderness. Uh, again, also I just wanted to say that we have podcasts uh, as well. You can please uh, check out our podcast by going on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google um, Podcasts, uh, and Podbean. So remember, awesome. Go listen to us everywhere you go on the go. And uh, please share us and uh, yeah, enjoy the, enjoy the Word of God. I want to dive in straight into the Word today continue where we left off uh, last week so please open your bibles in uh, deuteronomy 8 verse 2 and uh, i have a lot to get through today so let's just pray that (laughs) the lord will help me and guide me through all of this so we can finish this uh, today deuteronomy 8 verse 2 says and you shall remember that the lord your god led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart and whether you would keep his commandments or not. Amen. So there, the the Lord, the Holy Spirit leads us into the wilderness to humble us, to test us, to see our hearts, amen, and to see if we will keep his commandments. Four reasons why the the Holy Spirit would lead us into the wilderness. We, we all know that the wilderness is... Well, wilderness is, is a barren place. Remember, the wilderness is a place where needs are met and the promised land is a place where wants are fulfilled. So if you find yourself in a place where it, it just feels like just your needs are being met, you're just making it every month, that is a, a very clear indication to me that you might be in the wilderness because you're in a place of need fulfillment and not want fulfillment. So that means that God is testing you and He's actually positioning you for a promotion. But you need to understand that in the testing phase, this testing phase is crucial for every Christian walk. Every single Christian will go through a wilderness experience. And in this state, you will be tested by God, and it's crucial how you handle the testing. Because you, you might fail a test, but you can always rewrite. That's how it works. God, God lets you rewrite over and over and over. But the only thing is you're going to be stuck in the wilderness until you pass those tests, until you develop a hunger for Him, until you start overcoming some things in your life that are hindering you and being blockage between you and the Lord. So it's very important. So if you want to start seeing your once fulfilled, overcome the wilderness. The wilderness is also there for us to be able to um, step into our destiny and purpose, okay? With every wilderness experience, there is a testing that launches you into a certain direction. And once that happens, then we know that God is with us, but we also know that we now have the character, the perseverance to be able to go on this, you know, this road that the Lord is leading us on. And I'll show you at the end of today's session what I mean by how important the wilderness is and passing tests in the wilderness to when it really counts, when it really matters in uh, destiny-defining moments, that God will be able, or you will be able to handle everything thrown in your path, amen, and to still pass the test. So 
Again, we looked at a couple of characters. Moses, who was in the wilderness, became a powerful tool for the kingdom of God. David, who was in the wilderness, became again a king and uh, all of that. John the Baptist, who found the voice and heard the voice of the Lord who came to him in the wilderness. Uh, There's so many. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, which we read in Matthew 4 verse 1. And... Um, what we ended off last week with was saying that we should not set up camp in the wilderness. I hope you remember this, that we are, we are, to, uh, we are to just set up camp. We are not to make a home, sorry, in the wilderness. It's but because camping is for only for a season. You camp for a short period, you move on because the Lord moves on. So if you find yourself in a wilderness, don't stress. It's not forever. It is not something you're going to go through for the rest of your life. And I also want to point out that the wilderness is, you know, God puts you in the wilderness to become who He wants you to be and not who you want to be. So you might find yourself actually God is changing some things in your life that you maybe don't want to change, but He needs to change you into who He needs you to be, not who you want to be. We all want to be like someone else, but God's like, no, no, no. I want you to be who I have called you to be. And that is what the wilderness does. It actually molds you and preps you for for your destiny, for your purpose and everything that uh, is lying ahead of you. Amen. So let's start in uh, Psalm 78 and uh, we'll read f- uh, verses 10 to 19. This is this is actually quite um, important because I've found and I, I've heard also when I've taught this that people ask that, how, why do I stay in the wilderness so long? Why aren't I getting out of the wilderness? And here, here's going to be a clear indication of as to why some people are stuck in the wilderness. Psalm 78 verse 10 to 19 says, They did not keep the covenant of God. Hmm. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in His law. Okay, so why are people staying in the wilderness? Already two points here. They did not keep the covenant of God and they refused to obey his word. Okay, they, they didn't obey the word of God. And for they and for God his works and his wonders that he, uh, that he had shown them. Number three, they forget the goodness that God has done in their lives. They forget everything that God has done and they kind of just push God to the side and they want to go their own way instead of remembering the good things that he has done. Don't forget God and forget the one who has brought you to where you are today. Don't forget him, the one who has saved you. Don't forget about his goodness. Don't forget about his grace. Don't forget about him. Because if you forget about him, you're going to be stuck in the wilderness. Number 12, uh, verse 12 says, Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zohan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the water stand up like a heap. In the daytime also he led them with the cloud and all the night with the light of fire. The glory of God was surrounding them every single day. And they forgot about that. They, they forgot about the glory of God. If, if, you, if you just fall out of touch, you're not in touch with the presence of God, you're, you're going you're gonna to go through this experience very, very difficult. Uh, and it's going to be bad for you. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to go through the wilderness without the presence of the Lord on your side. Okay, verse fifteen. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink in abundance, like the depths. 
he also brought streams out of the rock and caused the waters to run down like rivers. Verse 17, here's, here's a very important uh, couple of scriptures. It says, But they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. Uh-oh. So we have people that are in the wilderness and when they should be pressing in and they should be seeking the Lord, they should be knocking on the door, they should be doing all of that, they should be finding God and passing these tests. Instead, when they find themselves in the wilderness, they rebel against the Lord. They rebel Him and they they even sin more against Him. Look at verse 18. And they tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. And verse 19, yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? So we find people that are stuck in the wilderness for years and years and years because they have turned against God. They have rebelled against Him. The Bible says they sinned even more against Him. And then why? How did they do that? They sinned against Him by asking for the food of their fancy. Meaning that how many Christians do you know today that are wanting the food of their fancy? That as soon as the uncompromised word of God is spoken, they spit it out. They don't like that. They want the make me feel good message. And that is asking for the food of their fancy. They are rebelling against the, the most high God by pushing away uh, the full gospel and only receiving parts of the gospel that they agree with or parts of the gospel that make them feel good. So when they when they hear the full gospel and when they hear the full message of God, they hear all about Him, the full glory, then they say, no, we, we don't want that. And they rebel against God, sinning even more against Him by not wanting the full gospel. And that is a scary place to be. Remember, God is busy changing you. He's busy molding you in the wilderness. So the best way is to surrender. The best way is to give over so that He may change you and that He may fill you and that He might prepare you for your destiny. Remember, I, I, I find myself found myself in the wilderness actually a couple of years ago where I was like, Lord, I, I don't know what's going on. And then what I did was I persevered. I, I pushed through. And now I'm starting to see blessings flow in my, li- my life. My wife and I are being blessed because we passed the test of the wilderness. Will there be another wilderness? Probably. Will there be more testing? Probably. How am I going to handle it in the future to come? I'm going to pray more. I'm going to seek Him more. I'm going to love him more. I'm not going to rebel against him when he comes and gives me a word of rebuke maybe when he, when he corrects me. I'm going to love him. I'm going to persevere and I'm going to seek his glory. So that, uh, that's why I'm so happy that at, at my younger age, I, 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 I've now learned to immediately recognize, oh, I'm in the wilderness. I feel dry. Something's not right. I'm not hearing of the Lord. I'm not, uh, you know, even in that time, it's, you feel dry literally in, in your spirit. You feel dry, you know, physically around you. Everything feels like it's going wrong. But that is the time when you keep pushing, you keep going, you keep, you know, interceding, you keep... And when you keep keeping on, you fight the good fight of faith, then you'll start seeing, I can start feeling His presence again. I can start feeling His glory again. Because the Lord is waiting to see, are you just serving Him because you can always sense the presence? Or are you willing to push through even when you don't? I always ask this question, if, if, the, if the Holy Spirit had to right now be taken away from you, 
would you still love the Lord? If you had to pray from today on till the day that you die and you don't feel his presence ever again, would you still love him? Or is his emotions or his feelings the thing that dri- drives you? Is, is that the only thing that drives you? It, it can't be because if, if that is all I'm after, then, then I've missed it. I have to be after the Father. I'm after him even if I don't feel him. I am after him in every circumstance, in, in dry seasons and in you know, prosperous seasons. doesn't matter. I'm always seeking after him because I love him first of all. And I know the Lord will never take his presence you know, from you. You will always experience it. But there are seasons in your life, where uh, the wilderness, where you might not experience him in, in ways that you always do. Yes, there are pockets in the wilderness where you will experience the glory of God like never before. But then there will be, there'll be pockets where you don't experience him at all. And he wants to see how hungry and how thirsty are you because that is what he does. He, he, he was feeding them actually in the wilderness. If you go look that mammon was falling from heaven, but he was just giving them enough. And many times God just gives us enough to make us more hungry. The more hungry we are, the more, um, you know, the more determined we will be and more committed we'll be for chasing after him. And once we, once we uh, just have the revelation of this and we can actually use the wilderness to our, our, our advantage and we know that the promised land is lined up, we can actually go into this with all boldness and confidence knowing that when I step out, I'm, I'm stepping out in promotion and I'm stepping out in full glory and power. And I'm going to show you still what I mean by that. Um, Exodus 20 verse 20 says this, And Moses said to the people, Do not fear for God has come to test you. <laughs> I know that seems scary sometimes, but Moses says, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. So the fear of the Lord is imparted in us in the wilderness. Without the fear of the Lord, without honor and reverencing the Father, you're going to struggle. We have to have the fear of the Lord in us so that we can start then passing the test that he has set for us. Let's look at Jesus. Jesus is the perfect example when it comes to the wilderness experience and how to overcome it quickly, effectively, and then to step out in full full power, the full power of the Holy Spirit. We know in Matthew 4 verse 1 it said that you know Jesus was led up into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. But go to me uh, to Luke 4 verse 3. Let's look at uh, Luke 4 verse 3. We know Jesus. He was now led into the wilderness. Now he has been fasting already 40 days. So again, the enemy is not going to, you know, when you start fasting or when you find yourself in the situation, he's not going to come and tempt you on day one when you're still feeling strong. He's going to come and tempt you after the fast. 40 days is when he's going to come. Because the Bible said after he has fasted, when he was hungry, his, his stomach was empty, he was weak. That is when the enemy comes. That is when he wants to kick you. He wants to kick you when you're on your lowest. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord that you can overcome that. Okay, Luke 4 verse 3 says, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, Command the stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Shall not live by 
bread alone. We in the wilderness, we have to get to know the word of God. If you want to um, start not feeling that hungry, <laughs> empty feeling, you have to start eating the word of God. You have to start feeding your spirit man so that he can grow, so that when the enemy comes, you can counter him like Jesus did with the word. That is what Jesus did. And, you know, Jesus was not... Listen, Jesus was not interested in soft living. We have too many Christians that are so interested in soft living that as soon as the devil comes and he says, well, you know, just pray that all, all the stuff will go away. But God says, no, I'm actually letting you go through this for a reason. And most people just want to skip these hunger pains. They want to skip this process because it's too much for them. But Jesus knew that it's not about me, that if I want to step out in the full power of the Holy Spirit, I cannot be focused on soft living. So I am overcoming so that I can step out in the full anointing and power so that I can go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, do everything I need to do to also to help the people around me. If we can have that mindset of I'm not just overcoming for me, but I'm come overcoming for those around me, we can all have a much more powerful outlook on the wilderness experience. It's not about me. It's not about my lust. It's not about my flesh. It's not about that. It's, it's about me going hard after God so that other people can be blessed around me. Are the people that are in your life blessed by you and the anointing that rests upon your life? You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be evangelist or a prophet or apostle or a teacher in order to experience the full anointing and power of God. If you pass the test of God, if you start learning how to flow with the anointing, you too can lay hands on the sick. You can cast out demons. You can walk out in the full power of God. But you have to learn there are certain tests that we all need to overcome so that we can step out in the full power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was tempted in three areas, and we see it here. He was tempted by what? The lust of uh, the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And as we're going through this, I'm showing you that Jesus overcame tests in the wilderness. And that is what you have to do as well. And it is led by the Holy Spirit. It's not led by Satan. It's led by the Holy Spirit so that you can step out with your promotion and that you can step out with full power. Uh, Luke uh, 4 verse 5, if we just continue reading, he says, Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory. He was trying to give Jesus a glory that Jesus already had. Jesus has the full glory. He is the hope of glory. Okay, but he, So the enemy is just trying to always give you a, uh, a fake. He's trying to give you a counterfeit glory. He's trying to give you a counterfeit praise from you know, what the world has to offer. But there is so much more that the kingdom of God has. And uh, verse 6 continues. He says, And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Okay. 
So what was Jesus doing? Jesus knew where he came from. Jesus knew where he was going. And nothing that the enemy could do could persuade him to bow his knee to him because he knew where the devil was going to end up. We always say that the moment you feel down and the enemy is coming at you, you know, and he wants to remind you of your past, you just remind him of his future. The moment you remind him of his future, you already have the victory. Amen. So when we when you step into this uh, thing, when you you're faced with uh, people want to praise you or the enemy wants to bring you a fake glory, remember who brought you to where you were in the first place. Don't 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 forget your beginnings. Don't forget that Jesus is the one who saved you. Don't forget that Jesus is the one who promoted you. Don't forget that Jesus is the one who carried you when you were down. Don't give any praise to the enemy for where you are today. Remember who got you where you were so that your eyes can always be focused on him. Remember this is the lust of the eyes so that you don't want, want, want what other people have or the praise or the glory of other people that you always want the praise. You always want the glory and the acceptance from the Father. You don't care about the world. We don't care about that stuff. Our eyes are focused on him. Remember your beginning. Remember who saved you so that so that you can always keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Verse number 9 says, Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God. Again, he's, 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 he's trying to make Jesus doubt. He's trying to, he's trying to put this, this fear in Jesus, or he's trying to make him doubt. We know that the pinnacle is a place of fear. He put him on the pinnacle, on the edge of the temple. We, which is also known as a place of fear, if you didn't know that. So if I'm standing at a place of fear, the, because remember, if you look down, it's high, it's scary. When you, with the enemy, many times, he's going to try and put you in a place of fear, put you on a pinnacle so that you will you know, start trying to fall for his lies or trying to find a different way instead of keeping your eyes on Jesus. But so he kept on pinnacle of the uh, temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give His uh, angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And now, look at this, verse 13, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Have you ever wondered, if you've read the scripture, have you ever wondered what the more opportune time was? See, if we look at this third one, the, you know, he was, he was put on the pinnacle. He was put, there was fear put in Jesus. And then also, even the devil many times tries to quote scriptural, scripture to persuade you. Yes, the, the devil knows the scripture a lot more than a lot of Christians do. And he'll use scripture to actually draw people away from the truth. Because he will manipulate it and he will make it to be false. So it's always important to know and stand on the word of God so that you can resist the devil. And you know that, that it's what the scripture also says. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, But look at verse 13. Like I said, the devil waited for a more opportune time to tempt Jesus again. And what is that? When, when we look at the cross... And Jesus was crucified. The day he was crucified. You know, it said here that if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. And what did we hear from the crowd 
you know, on the day that Jesus got crucified. You know, Jesus was hanging on the cross and everything that he was facing and being mocked and after he was beaten, he was hanging there. And then people started um, screaming from the crowd, if you are the Son of God, bring yourself down from the cross. See, the Satan found his more opportune time to tempt Jesus. But because Jesus had already overcome him in the wilderness, at the moment when it mattered, in a destiny-defining moment, Jesus was able to resist the devil. And in that moment, he said, I've already conquered you once, uh, devil. And in that moment, he said, you know, I've you know, I, I, won't be able, I won't be able to fall for your lies. I'm not going to do that because I'm strong enough to resist you. And in the moments when it matters, Jesus was able to, to be strong enough for you and for me. And that is what the wilderness does. That through the, the temptings of the devil in your most weakest state, that is what the wilderness did. It gave Jesus the character, the perseverance, that in the moment when it truly mattered, he was able to keep his eyes fixed on the Lord and trust in him always. Amen. So I hope this uh, word encouraged you. I just want to finish with this last uh, verse in verse 14, one verse on. It says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit um, to Galilee. So he returned in the power of the Spirit. How wonderful is that? The moment, the very day you overcome the wilderness, you will step out in the full power of the Spirit of God and nothing else will stop you. In the name of Jesus. I really hope you enjoyed this series. I would love to quickly pray for you. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, just pray this prayer after me um, and uh, we will lead you into salvation. So say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today, a sinner. And Father, I ask you that you would forgive me all my sins. Today, Father, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for all my sins. Jesus, I believe you rose up from the grave. And I believe you are now seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, I ask you right now that you would please come and live in my heart. Thank you, Jesus, that you have saved me. And thank you, Jesus, and I promise to always live after you and go after you. Thank you, Lord, that my name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Thank you for watching um, Healing Ministries today. Uh, Remember to follow us on uh, social media platforms. And if you gave your heart to Jesus, please let us know by uh, sending us an inbox on our Facebook page. Just search at Dion Hockey. And uh, we'd love to get to know you. And remember, we're live every single night. We're uh, teaching the Word of God, spreading the gospel. And please don't, don't feel like you're not invited. Everyone is welcome to come and join us as we teach the Word of God. So I pray you have a wonderful week. I pray you have a wonderful blessed day. And we'll see you soon. God bless you. Have a wonderful week in Jesus' name. Amen. Goodbye. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost, by visiting our website, www.dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. 
Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information on the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.